happening everybody it is brent axe and we are live here on the syracuse orange basketball facebook page coming off the heels of another close game syracuse and notre dame sure no drama don't they first game in the carrier dome a couple weeks back an 88 87 victory by notre dame over the orange joe gerard had the ball closing seconds didn't get fouled maybe it was a foul maybe it wasn't but uh, two teams that had 15 three-pointers in that game and the Irish get by by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin. That's the case on this night for Syracuse as they win their fourth game in a row. And maybe, just maybe, it's getting in the conversation for the NCAA tournament, which did not look possible even just a few short weeks ago. But uh, college basketball has been weird this year, and Syracuse has fully embraced it. Another road win for the Orange. These guys have been road warriors in ACC play, the final score, 84 to 82. We're here live, presented by our friends at Krause Health. If you're here with us live, get in those comments. I'll react to you guys shortly. You guys talk amongst yourselves in the meantime here. Uh, two ways you can check this out, though, if you uh, can't follow us live. We're here on the Syracuse Orange Basketball Facebook page after every game. But if you can't make it here live, two ways you can catch up. We put this on YouTube. Follow the Syracuse Orange Sports page on YouTube. And if you're a podcast listener, we will now put this on our podcast feed. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe to Syracuse.com's podcast feed. And we will put this in podcast form for you so you can listen or watch on demand on YouTube. What a win for Syracuse. Elijah Hughes leads the way with 26 points. But this was a big night for Joe Girard III. 15 points, went 4 of 14 shooting the ball, but three of those 10 from three-point range. And how about this? A guard getting big rebounds for the Orange. He leads Syracuse with nine rebounds on the day, played all 40 minutes in this game. We mentioned Hughes was 9 of 19, 4 of 9 from three-point range, uh, seven rebounds on the night. He played all 40 minutes in this game. Barama Sidibe, his Season-high 12 points, grabs five rebounds, picked up a fourth foul, so his minutes were limited uh, down the stretch there. Uh, Buddy Beheim did not continue his hot streak, though he did get into double figures, had a couple of key baskets down the stretch for Syracuse. He goes 5 of 14, 0 of 5 from three-point range in this one, 10 points on the night. Quincy Garrier gives Syracuse some quality minutes off the bench with nine points and five rebounds. Uh, he played 17 minutes in this game. And, hey, Bryson Goodine gave Syracuse a little spark off the bench towards the end of the first half, a couple of offensive rebounds, what we thought was a three, which turned into a two, but a nice shot nonetheless. So a well-rounded effort for the Orange tonight. Syracuse shot 47% against Notre Dame, who shot 46%. And it's amazing, in the first game, both teams hit 15 three-pointers. In this game, both teams hit 31 field goals. Syracuse goes 31 of 66. Notre Dame goes 31 of 68. These two just go tit for tat all year, right at each other. Anything you can do, I can do better. Three-point numbers, not as good for the Orange in this one as it was in game one, but the points in the paint. This is the third straight game that Syracuse has gotten inside. They're challenging teams inside, and this was key in this game tonight because Notre Dame's got John Mooney, one of the best uh, you know, interior players in the country. He got 21 points and 13 rebounds. He's just going to get a double-double. You kind of have to accept that. Notre Dame hit some fluky threes in this game, some weird three-pointers. They end up 13 of 36 from three-point range. Free throws matter, kids. The Orange hit their free throws down the stretch, 14 of 17 in this one, kept the turnovers down once again. And Syracuse hit the boards in this game as well, 41 to 34. To see 
the transition for Syracuse. So ultimately they beat Notre Dame in the paint 36 to 26, which is huge against a bigger team, particularly a team that's got Mooney inside. The last three games, Syracuse has scored 36, 34, and 36 in the paint. This is a team that we were told and we saw and we knew was going to live and die by the three-point shot. Now they're hitting threes. They're getting key shots there. Hughes and Gerard both hit some key threes in this game. And, you know, you're going to have to get that from Syracuse. But their willingness to go inside, their confidence to go back inside. Marek Doljai didn't have a a double-double in this one, but he had nine points, six rebounds. He picked up a fourth foul as well, playing 32 minutes in this game. He's a lot more confident inside. Gary A looked confident inside. But to get the rebounding, from Gerard, that was basically the rebounding edge for Syracuse. They ended up 41 to 34, and Gerard made a big difference there. Uh, Hughes was getting boards tonight, seven rebounds. So your your two leading rebounders are Joe Gerard and Elijah Hughes. That's that's encouraging. You're going to need that at times off the misses, a team that shoots a lot of threes like Notre Dame. And listen, it's the middle of January. It was actually a very busy football day in Central New York, believe it or not, because. Defensive coordinator Zach Arnett thought to be coming to Syracuse, but he reneges on that, goes to Mississippi State. Big drama there. The football schedule came out today. Signing day is approaching. So football kind of wedged its way back in the conversation. But this basketball team, which you think about where they were the day after the first Virginia Tech game. They're one and three in the league. You kind of filled in the blank, right? This is the worst start for Syracuse under Jim Beheim since fill in the blank. It just kept happening throughout the season. They weren't winning key games. And they had, you know, return games against Virginia Tech on the road, against Notre Dame on the road, had to go to Virginia as well. And what Syracuse has done is they've won those games. They have checked every box since that point, literally winning four in a row. But to have three of those four wins on the road, to win at Virginia, to win at Virginia Tech, to win at Notre Dame now, this team is taking care of business. They're going to have big opportunities in February, starting on day one of that month with the Duke game at the Carrier Dome, Louisville's that month, Florida State's that month. Who knows who else works their way into a quad one opportunity. Notre Dame was right on that door. I don't think they're going to stay in that category, but they were, I believe, 75th in the net ranking coming into this game tonight. So, look, this is a Syracuse team that has not only found itself and found its confidence, they're getting better as their coach, you know, repeats over and over again and says, we've got to get better. They're certainly rebounding better. They're scoring in the paint. They're sure of themselves at this point. They kind of know what their success lies in. And I think the key there is they were more versatile. I think Gerard was key in this game. Buddy was off. Again, we mentioned he had a couple of nice drives at the end. There wasn't hitting from three-point range, so he needed Gerard to pick it up on the offensive end, and he did. I'll tell you what, I tweeted this, and I see a couple of you writing this in the comments. Ed, I see your comment here, and uh, maybe a few other of you have mentioned this as I start to stroll through the comments. Is it me, or is uh, Joe Girard kind of entering that Eric Devendorf, Greg Paulus, Steve Wojciechowski, fill in the blank of that, you know, pesky little guard that uh, was on the other side that you love to hate? If you're an opponent, but you love him because he's on your team. There was a little incident at the end of the game where, you know, Notre Dame thought they had fouled Gerard, which, by the way, you know, if you foul Joe Gerard with a second to go, even up 84-82, Syracuse up 84-82, Gerard's going to hit it. He's the leading free throw shooter in the country. Like, 
there's a second left. So the refs kind of waved it off. Gerard puts the ball in the hands of the Notre Dame player and kind of runs away. It was kind of a smart alecky little move. It was like that's why I thought of Devo and thought of Woj and thought of Paulus wasn't really that way, but the floor slapping and the way he played kind of annoyed opponents, the flops that Greg Paulus had to. So I think Gerard is uh, congratulations. He's officially entered that territory, and I think Syracuse fans are going to like that. They're going to like having a player who, and I'll say this, plays with a smart edge. He knows when to walk away. He knows what he can get away with. He, you know, you don't want to provoke Joe Gerard. Do not make Joe Gerard angry. You would uh, not like him if you're angry, if you're the other team. You certainly like him when he's angry if you are Syracuse and Syracuse fans. A few of you asking here in the comments about Howard Washington Jr. That's a good question. I didn't see anything from Beheim's presser on that. I had not heard anything coming into this game about injury or sickness. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I apologize. I'm not sure about that. Uh, my man Ben Burroughs behind the scenes. Uh, ben, if you know something about that that I don't, just pop in here in the chat or if anybody uh, saw anything from Beheim after the game. I didn't watch Jim Beheim's full press conference. We kind of hopped in a little early. So uh, I'm not sure about Howard Washington Jr., but I would think it was an illness if uh, Beheim didn't put him in the game because he had kind of earned some minutes. Uh, so Gerard ends up playing all 40. Lori's in Glens Falls. Uh, let's see. Oh, from Glens Falls. There you go. Sure, we're going to get a lot more people checking in from Glens Falls with the Joe Girard show uh, coming into full effect here. The fact that he got those nine rebounds tonight is, you know, that's big. It's not going to happen every night for sure. You know, you're not getting rebounding from the guards, but the way that this team is is rebounding better overall. To out-rebound Notre Dame is a big deal. To out-rebound Virginia Tech, okay, whatever. Virginia Tech's not a very big team. They take a lot of shots from the perimeter, so the guards have to get after those shots. That rebound Notre Dame is a big deal, especially when they got a vacuum inside. And, and John Mooney and the leading rebounder in the country, that's big. And this is a team in the last three games that is confident going in the paint. And by the way, that's not just the guys you would typically think are in the paint, like Garrier, like uh, Barama Sidibe, uh, Doljai. The guards are confident going inside. Elijah Hughes has taken more dribble drives inside. Man, Elijah Hughes. Can the rest of the country get with it here and put him in the conversation as one of the best players in the country? I think he's working his way into being first-team All-ACC. If I'm not mistaken, I believe he's now uh, Jordan Nora for Louisville. Didn't have a good game tonight. I think he only scored 10 points. So I think Hughes is now the leading scorer in the ACC. He certainly plays the most minutes in the ACC. He's one of the top three-point shooters in the league and combined with Buddy Beheim in the country. So you know, it's time for Elijah Hughes to start getting his due as one of the better players in college basketball this season, and certainly one of the more consistent players in college basketball this year. Jamie says, Quincy was some great plays tonight, great defensively, and a few nice offensive looks. And, Jamie, the key thing with um, – I'm going to look it up while we're talking about it here, but Quincy uh, didn't commit a foul in 17 minutes. Now, I don't know if that's right. I, I'm pretty sure he had at least one foul, right? But that could be the case. But one way or the other, he didn't get into foul trouble. And this is a guy who picks up fouls. He can pick up three, four fouls in a five-minute span, sometimes even less than that. For his numbers to be low there, for nobody to foul out was key. You know, Doljai and Barama eventually picked up a fourth foul. But at the rate the whistles were coming early on, it seemed like it'd be earlier. But Syracuse settled down defensively. And by the way, Neither team could stop the other in the first half. I know Jim Beheim wasn't thrilled about the fact that Syracuse wasn't getting stops in the first half. They certainly got some in the second half, but neither team could stop the other in the first half. But, but Syracuse in the second half, 
was relentless from right out of the shoot, barely back on the air. ESPN comes back, Syracuse scores a three. They go on a big run. They're up by 13 points. And look, this is a negative on the team. Something we'll write about in the dark side for the recap is you know, when you get these leads, you got to hold on to them. And I think that's a young team. I think that's that just comes with experience. It just comes with reps. It just comes with kind of coming down the stretch here and, and learning how to do that. And when you got a freshman point guard, who, by the way, let me check on this while we're discussing it. Uh, yes, yeah, zero turnovers for Joe Girard. Again, Notre Dame's not noted as one of the better defensive teams in the league, but in that spot with Notre Dame pushing, Syracuse up by 13 at one point, Notre Dame started to get back in it, hit some threes. The way these two teams have played this year, you just knew it would be a close game. Syracuse hit their free throws down the stretch, but a big thing was they didn't turn the ball over. And that is big for a young team to keep the turnovers down and value the possessions the way that they do. You know, even against a Virginia, Virginia Tech that plays a pressure defense. You know, there's some good defensive teams in the ACC, and, and Syracuse has handled it pretty well and handled it on the road. And that's going to be big. You know, if they keep piling up wins and taking care of business, there's going to be some bumps along the way. We all know that. It's going to come right down to it. But when the committee looks at things, they're looking for quad one wins, which Syracuse definitely needs a couple more. They're looking for quality wins. They're, and they're, they're also looking how you did on the road. And I know the ACC is down. It's not what it typically is. But if you can pile up road wins in a tough conference, that's going to help your cause, especially if you're beating some of the middle the kind of upper tier teams all right it all depends on who you're beating it's not an automatic hey you won 10 games in the league you get in they're going to look at who but these are three impressive wins on the road that Syracuse has had in this stretch they'll come home Saturday and play Pittsburgh so there's going to be a few of these games they're going to lose they've played some close games 84-82 in this one 71-69 against Virginia Tech right they lost a close game to each of those teams that I mentioned at the Dome but this is a different team now than what we've seen in even just the past four games. Marty's down in Florida. I survived Florida's two days of winter. They got iguanas falling out of trees down in Florida. And you guys had to deal with 40-degree weather in Florida. You survived it. Way to go. Way to go, Marty. But uh, go SU down there from Tarpon Springs. Sarah says, go Cuse. Awesome road win. Everybody was playing aggressively and searching for their shots. Pat's asking for the Syracuse haters at this point. Uh, Michael Antonio says this team will still need at least 12 wins in conference for a shot at the dance. I agree with that, Michael Antonio, because they didn't do anything in non-conference play. We're impressed by what they're doing. They're clearly getting better. It's a team you can root for. They play their butts off. They're improving in key areas, but it's all about resume. It's all about impressing the committee, and we know what that roadmap looks like, and Syracuse just isn't quite there yet, but they're showing that they're going to fight for that. They're showing that they're improving at the right time of the year to be in those Duke-type games. I think Florida State is going to be a real challenge for Syracuse because they're deep, they're athletic, and Syracuse, I don't think, can keep up with them. So they're going to have to have a really bad shooting day, I think, to keep up in that game. And there's no shame in that. Florida State's just darn impressive. And Louisville had a lot of trouble tonight with Georgia Tech. You know, this is this is a weird league. As a matter of fact, um, Ben or anybody uh, that's in the chat with us here, did Louisville end up losing that game? I didn't see the final score. I was kind of watching out of the corner of my eye with, the, uh, you know, of course, watching the Syracuse game and ESPN kind of flashed the score a couple times. Then, you know, I got kind of wrapped up in the end of the game. So I didn't see if Louisville lost, but they certainly had trouble with Georgia Tech tonight. And we mentioned Jordan Norris struggled. 
which will allow Elijah Hughes maybe temporarily, but uh, to become the leading scorer in the ACC. But that's a road game. Florida State's a road game. Duke's at home against uh, against Syracuse on February 1st, only game against Duke. North Carolina on the 29th of February, about a month from now, who knows what the ranking's going to be then, and Nicole Anthony's back, and if it's really going to matter. So there's three juicy games left on the slate. So thank you, Ben, and a couple others uh, checking in. Uh, Louisville did win, but tonight showed what this league is and what college basketball is this, this year. Anybody can kind of punch you in the nose at any given night. Syracuse is proven that in that case. 68-64 final score. Thank you, Lucas, uh, for that one. Uh, a few more comments from you guys here. Uh, Rob noting that Syracuse is 106 in the country in defensive efficiency. How do we get that ugly stat to improve? It actually has improved, believe it or not. It was a little worse than that, and they're slowly but surely getting there. And that, you know, this kind of game, the back and forth, you, you, you're essentially playing offense with defense, scoring on possessions. And what was key for Syracuse was to up the pace of the game in enough possessions to make Notre Dame uncomfortable. And they did that for the most part. But, man, the Irish hit some weird shots. There was that one shot that just beat the shot clock by Gibbs. It was kind of like buddies. Weird three-pointer from almost half court against Virginia. A couple other shots by Fluger and just some weird Notre Dame shots that they were rushing. So I think kind of lost in the mix there was Syracuse was getting Notre Dame down at the end of the shot clock and getting them to take bad shots. They just hit a bunch of them, right? So I think this is not going to be your typical Syracuse defensive team that people are befuddled by the zone and the zone is the key. Now, when you play teams in the tournament that haven't seen a zone all year, it's still something that's difficult for them to handle. But that's the one thing, Rob, you make a great point that I don't know if they have time to fix to the point that we're typically used to when it comes to Syracuse defense, but they've improved on the boards. They've improved inside. They know their rotation. Gary is getting better. Joe Girard's kind of learning, you know, what he can and can't get away with in ACC play. Hughes is just simply one of the most consistent and best players in the country. Dolzhai's fearless. He's much more confident offensively. You can see this team getting better before the, before our very eyes, but that's a great point that, you know, defensively we're going to have to see some stops and we're going to have to see a, a step up in that department. Uh, Mike says Syracuse lost again. Deep UConn teams in the past beat the, the late seven. So uh, Matt says Notre Dame scores nine crazy points. The bank, the end of the shot clock, and the he with under a minute. All uh, good points there. Matt also noting it's Zion time. Zion's back, baby. ESPN should promote that more. I didn't know he was coming back today, right? What's up, Jamie, from Dayton, Ohio? Lovely Dayton. The alma mater of Dan Patrick. It's one of those weird random things that I know. Blake says, a good eye look good night and day. Better tonight with his brief appearance. Nice to see him help going forward. Yeah, particularly if – I'm not sure what's up with Howard Washington Jr. because when Howard Washington Jr. comes in, he's calming. He doesn't put up numbers. You look at the box score, he'll play 12, 14 minutes, and he'll have like two points and assist and a steal. But he calms down the waters. When Gerard's struggling, when Gerard needs a breather – Veteran presence, calm, confident, runs the offense. He didn't get a chance to do that tonight, but when Goodine came in, Goodine is a much more offensively oriented guard. Uh, he's had the, the nose issue, of course. He's still wearing the mask at this point. So even with that, 
you know, Bayheim has mentioned a couple times recently in pressers and on my radio show, I talk to Jim once a week, Thursdays, by the way, listen tomorrow, that Goodine's been good in practice. It's just getting that right opportunity to get him in. And tonight with Howard Washington uh, not available for whatever reason that was, he took advantage of it, even just a couple minutes. Hit the glass, hit a key shot, and held his own. And if even if you take those precious minutes and show that you can handle it, then Jim's going to give you more time. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Hey, Mike in El Paso, Texas. It's happening down in Texas tonight. Uh, Pat, remembering when Syracuse beat Zion at number one ranked Duke. We all remember that. Syracuse is, I think, certainly going to have to beat Duke once again on February 1st. Get that uh, quad one opportunity. Uh, Mickey saying this is quickly becoming one of my favorite Syracuse teams. It's playing together like no one's business. They are coming together. They're, they are getting better. And I think it's just a matter of they kind of had to figure out who does what. You know, one of the most encouraging things from tonight, and we'll see if it continues, was Barama Bay or CD Bay, as some uh, ESPN announcers like to call him. What I was impressed with is he got the ball down low. His footwork was tremendous. He was patient. He went up, you know. Because what he typically does is rushes the ball, drops the ball, uh, has to use the glass. But tonight, had a nice turnaround jumper, was confident down there, gave you 12 points. That matched a season high. It's the most he scored since the Niagara game way back a couple months ago. So if you can, you're not going to get 12 points a night out of Barama. But if you can get the, the type of player he was, the confident catch-and-shoot guy, who's just somewhat of a threat down there, because right now teams pay no attention to him. They kind of just let him do his thing. But if he can keep making you pay there, that opens up a lot for Syracuse on the offensive end, rebounding better, getting smarter about his fouls. So that's big. That's big if Syracuse can get that. And what we talked about a few games ago was that this team had virtually no paint presence. What we're talking about now, four games later, is they scored 36-34-36 in the paint. And it's not just the big guys. It's the guards willing to take it inside as well. Dean's in Erie, PA. It's going down in Erie. I don't know any random thoughts about Erie off the top of my head, but if I think of some, I'll, I'll let you know. But thanks for checking in wherever you are tonight. Appreciate that. And again, uh, let me know for you guys that if you missed this live chat, we put it on YouTube, Syracuse Orange Sports. We're now going to put this in podcast form too, if you want to you know, take me with you on the morning commute or just kind of listen whenever you want. So find Syracuse.com podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. Is that still a thing? Wherever you listen to your podcasts, um, we'll uh, fire it out for you. Uh, I'll put that up. Uh, certainly be up first thing in the morning, by the morning. My recap's coming your way. First thing tomorrow morning, all of our great coverage from South Bend, from Mike Waters and Donna DeToto, the great Dennis Nett, and the terrific photos that he takes. Uh, look for our Orange Weekly video. Uh, Chris Carlson and I are going to do that tomorrow. And you'll see that come out on Friday. So lots more to come here as the Syracuse Orange win their fourth straight, and they get ready for Pittsburgh. That's coming up on Saturday. That's when we will be with you again. Uh, help me out, guys. I don't have the time of that game right here in front of me, but um, we will be on right after that game. And everything we mentioned about YouTube and the podcast and everything, if you miss it, Scotty, uh, watch it in Seattle. I heard it. you guys are having a rough night out there, so stay safe. And now uh, we're thinking about everybody in Seattle tonight. Dan's in Vancouver, Washington. Nice. Kentucky. I love it. I love it. We're all over the country tonight. That's why I love doing this chat. You never know where people are coming from 
and uh, love talking hoops with you guys. We're going to end it there for tonight, though. I'll be back with you on Saturday after the Orange take on Pittsburgh. Thanks to our friends at Krause Health. Thanks to my man Ben Burroughs behind the scenes as well. Syracuse wins tonight 84-82. Count them up. That's four in a row for the Orange. We'll see if they can get number five on Saturday against Pittsburgh.